Hello friends, Sagan here. Welcome back to Indie Author Weekly, where I share my behind-the-scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. If you are new to this podcast, I am a productivity strategist for multi-passionate creatives at saganmorrow.com. I help people manage their time and energy effectively through customized, actionable strategies that work for your unique life and business. When I'm not teaching about productivity to solopreneurs, I spend my time writing romance novels and occasionally business books. And that is what this podcast is all about, the adventures of the author life. Now let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly podcast. Today we are continuing with the author commentary from last week. As I mentioned last week, I always reread previously published books in the series when I'm writing a new novel in the series to ensure that everything is consistent with characters and plot, all of that kind of thing. And since I'm currently writing book seven, I figured that would be kind of fun to share with you my internal thoughts while I was recently rereading the first six books in the series. Tune into episode 61 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast to get my author commentary of the first three books in my Polyamorous Passion series. That episode features Emma's trilogy. So for this episode, we are doing a commentary of Helen's trilogy, books four to six in this series. And this trilogy is dedicated to my spouse, Mr. Science. By the way, if you want to learn more about the background to the entire Polyamorous Passion series, I answered some frequently asked questions back in episode 51 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast, so you can tune into that if you are curious to learn more. Now, there may be a few very minor spoilers here and there during this episode. I'm trying to really make sure that this commentary provides you with more of an overview and a few teasers as we go through it chapter by chapter. I really don't want to give away any spoilers, but just a heads up, you know, if you are the kind of person who hates spoilers of any kind, then what you might want to do is pause this episode and just listen to it in sections after you read each book. Um, These novellas are all quick reads, so you could actually finish all three of the books that we're talking about in today's episode. Um, You could finish reading all of them today if you wanted. So you can grab your copies of these books at your favorite online bookstore or visit saganmorrow.com slash books. I have links directly to um, all of the, you know, typical bookstores directly on that page. I even have a virtual box set at saganmorrow.com slash books, which will give you access to all future books in this series, as well as the complete series to date. So you can just, you know, binge read all six books so far that have been published, and you will then receive an email notification for every single time that a new book is released in the coming months and years. Okay, let's get right into today's author commentary, starting with book four, She Wants More. This story features gender role reversals and self-acceptance of new realizations. Chapter one. The fantasy erotica that Helen is reading at the beginning of this chapter is totally something that I plan on writing and self-publishing within the next couple of years. Helen is a really 
fun character to write. I I kind of love how judgmental and hypocritical she is. It's it's a very entertaining type of thing to write. Um, and I mean, who has an internal rating system of everyone they meet? Like, wow, Helen, just, just wow. <laughs> I adore her. Okay, chapter two. The conversation Helen has with a client about control. Hello, foreshadowing of a couple books from now. By the way, Helen and I are absolutely on the same page about wearing the color black, 100%. And her internal monologue is highly enjoyable. Chapter 3. Ooh, the masquerade wedding social, the mistaken identity that happens as a result of that. I am so into it. And I really love the conversation between Emma and Helen at the end of this chapter. It's so supportive with, you know, no BS. It's a really great uh, interaction between the two of them. Chapter 4. The relationship between Helen and Ben feels incredibly raw and realistic. I think anyone who's been in a longer-term relationship or has just spent a bit of time observing another couple can relate to it. It's an interesting contrast to Emma's experience in books one to three, where all of her relationships are quite a bit newer, so there's a lot more of that honeymoon period for her, and we get a different sort of sense of relationships through Helen and Ben's experience during these three books of books four to six. Chapter five. Given that I myself have gone through a business partnership dissolution, I had a pretty good chuckle writing the part about the ex-business partnership at Helen's work retreat. Oh, and the bet that Helen makes with a coworker regarding her boss, that's pretty cute. Chapter six. Helen barging in and blaming her premarital therapist for the problems that she and Ben are having is just a very Helen moment. I have to say, you know, Helen has probably been, she has definitely been one of my most favorite characters to write so far. She's so obnoxious in the best way possible. <laughs> Chapter 7. It's so wonderful that Helen has a frank conversation with Emma's boyfriend, John, about opening her relationship with Ben. Helen and John have some very similar viewpoints, and I kind of want to explore their friendship in a future book or maybe in a short story when I'm done writing the uh, core polyamorous passion series. They also address a really common dismissal that I hear again and again in real life. This sort of comment around, Oh, polyamory is fine for you, but my partner would never go for it. That might be one of the most common things that I hear people say when they tell me that they wish that they could be polyamorous. Um, and I think that John handles things really well in this conversation with Helen. Chapter 8. Oliver's Cocktails is based on Winnipeg's Cocktail Lounge, Laneside Grocery, and it was kind of kind of hilarious because months after this book was published, I happened to be at Laneside Grocery waiting to meet a friend. And while I was there, the the cocktail lounge was legit doing a cocktail photo shoot, which happens in this chapter. It was a pretty wild moment of life imitating art, except that I didn't get approached by a cute guy. 
damn. <laughs> but I really do, you know, adore the the sexual tension between Helen and her wedding photographer, Grant, in this scene. It's really great. Chapter 9. Unexpected information comes out about Ben in this chapter. Hello. The fact that we didn't see this coming says more about Helen's character than anything else, in my opinion, especially given Scarlett's reaction to the news. By the way, this is one of my favorite things about writing this series from the three points of view between Emma, Helen, and Scarlett. It shows just how much of our facts about the world or our understanding about the world are really based on our personal perspectives and biases. Moving along to book five, Being Good. This book is probably the sexiest, the steamiest in the series, and it focuses on opening up an existing long-term relationship. Chapter one, the comment that Helen makes in her internal dialogue, I guess I was wrong. (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) foreshadowing. (laughs) Chapter two, the way that Helen and Ben choose their rather unusual honeymoon destination is pretty cute. Chapter three, When Ben realizes that Helen has a crush on their wedding photographer, Grant, that is one of my favorite scenes in this book. His reaction to it is is pretty great. It's pretty funny. Chapter four, the tie scene between Helen and Grant. I love it. This story was so much fun to write. It's pretty hot, not going to lie. Chapter five, (laughs) Scarlett's present at the bachelorette party. (laughs) is my favorite thing. It's too funny. Um, The scene at the wedding with the accidental marriage is something that was totally inspired by my own real life events. Fun fact. Chapter six. Who doesn't love an ex-boyfriend showing up at your wedding? (laughs) Yikes. Chapter seven. Okay, that was an awful first attempt at non-monogamy that Helen and Ben have on their honeymoon. Like, just... Ooh, that is cringe-worthy. Chapter 8. Their second attempt at opening up their relationship makes it all so worth it. I really like the exploration of sexuality that Helen and Ben have here, especially considering that it's not what you would expect from these two people. Chapter 9. The end of this chapter really emphasizes how important female friendships are. That is definitely such a major theme all across these books. Um, How important female friendships are and how important platonic friendships are and how there's, you know, all of these different kinds of relationships, um, having really healthy support systems, just how important that is. Um, Definitely a major theme across this series. Chapter 10. I love writing the dynamics between Helen and Grant. It was, it was so good. Um, and their first interaction when they can actually do something and act on their feelings, it's pretty great. Okay, finally, for today, we have book six, Out of Control. This story is by far the funniest in the series to date, and it explores the challenges of being polyamorous in a happily committed relationship. Chapter one. Helen's internal monologue and the description of the rules that she and Ben have for their relationship, um, it all comes across really nicely in this chapter. 
something that can be challenging when you are writing a series of books is to ensure that you provide enough backstory for new readers who might be just jumping in in the middle of a series um, without rehashing absolutely everything from the previous books in this series. So I really tried to make sure that my books, um, that they have a lot of cohesion between them, but that they can be enjoyed as standalones. So it's, it's an important balance to have to share enough background without totally overdoing it in every single book. And I'm really, I'm quite pleased with how that comes across in this chapter. Um, I like the approach that this chapter takes with, you know, Helen's position of being in a job interview and everything like that. Chapter two. Okay, building off of what I was just saying, uh, this chapter features Scarlett having a very cringeworthy encounter with her unrequited crush. And really, you know, this helps get us a little bit more invested in Scarlett's story, which will be starting in the next book in this series. So we kind of have the foundation here for book seven, eight, and nine. Also, how much do you want to give Scarlett a hug in that scene? Oh. Chapter three. I loved writing the scene where Emma and Scarlett teach Helen about sexting. The comments about the selfie stick just made me giggle during all the rewrites and the edits. I thought, yeah, I, I had a I had a good chuckle with it. Chapter four. As an author, I'm sure that this probably comes comes through when you're reading my books, but as an author, I really enjoy writing the build-up, sexual tension, uh, slow burn, all of that kind of stuff. And I think this chapter is pretty representative of that. You know, Helen has her husband, Ben, she has her boyfriend, Grant, but some of my favorite scenes in this book are the ones that feature the underlying tension between her and her boss, Jack. I really like writing sort of that kind of thing. Um, It's great when my characters, you know, have their happily ever after with whoever it happens to be, (laughs) but then I like, you know, having some kind of new tension, right? I, I just, I love writing that kind of thing so much. Chapter five, the way that Emma, Helen, and Scarlett support one another and try to help each other figure things out on their own is really sweet. When I started writing this series, I knew I wanted to highlight all of the beautiful things that can come out of female friendships and platonic friendships, as I mentioned before. You know, too often, women are represented represented as catty or jealous or mean in the mainstream media or, you know, in in all these different stories, they're often, the relationships between women can be um, kind of unhealthy. And so it felt really refreshing to portray female friendships the way that I have personally experienced them pretty much across the board my entire adult life as just incredibly supportive and loving. I really wanted to express that through books. Chapter six. Oh, okay. You can grab the Miss Time Management shirt from my store at saganmorrow.com shop. So the whole comment, Miss Time Management, you can actually get that on a shirt and wear that in real life. And I will drop the link in the show notes as well. Chapter seven, Helen reorganizing Jack's filing system because her way is better is just incredibly Helen. Also, it's pretty cute when she almost accidentally attacks Grant with a coffee mug. 
Chapter 8. It was kind of fun to feature Helen's friend Anya in this book. I'm looking forward to sharing more background about her in a short story down the line. Chapter 9. Okay, so as I mentioned in episode 61, um, I really like including tons of homages in my books. Anya, for example, is named after one of my most favorite characters in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. Um, And in this chapter, Scarlet mentions a place called Ray's Bookshop. And that is a nod to Ray's Reading Lounge. That's the first book blogger who ever took a chance on me and read and reviewed um, the first book in this Polyamorous Passion series. Um, so that was that was a really nice thing to to be able to uh, have that nod toward towards Ray's Reading Lounge in these books. Sidebar: the last scene in this chapter sets the stage for the next book, Book Seven, with Scarlet's story. Yeah, that sexy security guard that she has a run-in with becomes a major character in the next book. I'm so excited about it. Chapter ten. Helen is coming into her own. Ah, so good. Between calling out her ex-boyfriend and getting a really great pep talk from Jack, she is definitely going places with her character development. Chapter 11. I hope you enjoy the homage to that New Year's Eve scene in When Harry Met Sally. And the slight twist on it, the play with it. Okay, there we have it. That is part two of our author commentary while reading the Polyamorous Passions series. That concludes Helen's trilogy in the nine-book Polyamorous Passions series, but of course, we do see more of her on the sidelines in all the rest of the books. You can read these books at saganmorrow.com books or search Polyamorous Passions on your favorite online bookstore. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Did you enjoy this author commentary? Which of these three books featuring Helen's story was your favorite to read? Do you have a particular scene that you really loved? Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at SaganLives to chat about it. And you can send me a message on either of those platforms if you have requests for future episode topics too. The more you tell me what you would like to see more of on this podcast, the better I can accommodate that. You can also submit your questions or topic, ide- topic ideas anonymously at saganmorrow.com question. If you enjoyed this episode, please take two minutes to share this podcast on social media and rate it on Apple Podcasts. Anytime you share it or leave a rating or a review, it helps more listeners find the Indie Author Weekly podcast, so every bit counts. I really appreciate your support. By the way, You can access complete word-for-word transcripts of this episode and all past episodes, plus sample chapters of my books and a few other bonuses and goodies on the secret version of this podcast. Get access to all of that at saganmorrow.com slash secret podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.